Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. And I can't get it out of my head. Cause I won't use discretion when I'm talking about obsession. Cause this is what makes me me. And I'm glad that I called ya. I'm talking about nostalgia. And this is where I wanna be. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Yeah, gimme, gimme, cause I'm obsessed. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to another episode of The Gimme. I'm your host and resident horse girl, Kathleen DeMarl. Uh, I'm very excited for this week's guest. He is extremely funny. Um, I, I was going to use his Comedy Central credits, but I think we'll just say his his uh, his podcast. He has a fantastic podcast that he runs with another Boston area comic called Two Boys in a Balcony. Um, we have on Sean Sullivan. Hi, Sean. Oh, oh hello, Kathleen DeMarl. How are you? Good. How are you? This is this is uh, very exciting because we have such great rapport and chemistry. So this is going to be really good. This is going to be the best episode I've had all I'm season. <laughs> it's got to be exciting for the people to finally have, you know, me. I know they've been clamoring. Yeah, I've been getting requests. People are like, where is Sean Sullivan? I need I need him on your podcast or I'm not listening. Yeah, this and this is honestly, other than things I've put up myself, this is the only other thing that I've done in the last nine months. So are you really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I've I've gone quiet. Yeah. Well, you have kids, right? So you're like are you basically like having to be their teachers with the distance oh. learning and stuff? No, I'm home. So I'm working from home. I've been working home from since March and uh they go to school two days a week and then three days a week they're doing school at home. So I'm around to help out with that, but they're pretty self-sufficient at this point. That's good. And they're not like super young. So they understand the concept of like sitting at a desk, I would assume. Yeah. They're in second grade. So it's a little, it's a little boring, but um, they're doing all right. Yeah. They're doing okay. Aren't we all though? We're all, we're all in this. Yeah. That's about how I feel. And you haven't done any show. Have you done any shows not since March. That was oh my, my last, God. my last set. Uh, uh, John Susuchik, Such, I can never say his last name. Susich, yeah. Susich is a brewery show in Framingham. Oh man, Exhibit A Brewery. Yep, and uh, we all wanted to cancel that show too. That's how freaked out we were in those early days. Oh God. But we, that, uh, the show must go on. Yeah, I know a lot of people are in the same boat. It's but there are a few people who are like trying to plug away at outdoor shows, which I think are just kind of like. Hit yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't stick my nose into the pros and cons of doing shows. Yeah, um, I just, you know, I do what I think is best for me and my family, and yeah. uh, and I've been doing it long enough that I could take a year off and be fine. I think, hopefully. Are you still like doing any writing or anything like that or not really? No, not yeah. really. Yeah. No, it's, I've tried to do some writing. I tried, um, uh, tried to start putting together maybe like the, like the outline of like a new hour or like, like a one man show type thing, or try to like get ideas and expand on them. But the way I write is I'm motivated to get on stage by writing. Sure. And if I'm not getting on stage to do the stuff that I'm coming up with, 
then I, it just like, it's a cycle that just is broken. So yeah, I could generate all this new material, but I don't know if it's good unless I go out and test unless it. Unless you're so, doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't, um, I, I don't, uh, I'm not technically savvy enough to try to do any online shows. I, I don't have any patience for getting my mic set up. I barely got this set up to do this tonight. Well, Zoom the, has been my enemy. Yeah. Well, and the online shows aren't that good either. I mean, it really depends, but you don't get the same. It's not the same as a in-person show. Everybody's muted and they're not, you can't hear anybody. It's. Yeah, no, I went, uh, you know, all these guys, you know, I have friends and stuff that do sketches and videos and they'll do TikToks and Instagrams and all the videos and all that stuff. And it's, it's all, you know, very entertaining. It's, you know, it's fun to watch it all. I don't have the patience to sure do any of it. And it's not what I got into this for. I like being in front of people and making them laugh and yeah, you know, yeah. I can wait I can sit out until we're ready to do that again. Yeah. Like hopefully in the spring or something, I don't know, I guess we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so the reason I brought you on this podcast was to talk about your obsession and you, you gave me like a good variety. There yeah. I wasn't, were, um, there I wasn't good sure. Options. Here's the thing I, and I apologize, but I, in quarantine, I am not listening to any podcasts. So I didn't, that's fine. I just, it, that used to be like a commute thing. And it used to be a sitting in my office at work thing. Like I would just listen to podcasts all day. And as soon yeah. as I was home and I had a TV like available to put in front of me while I work, just that's gone. I'm, I'm so far behind on every single podcast. Uh, I so mean, I wasn't sure yeah. if it was childhood obsessions or. I've done a mix of both. Cause there are some people that were very boring children that didn't have any obsession. Yeah. That was my fear is cause all the, all the things I gave you were things that I got into like right around like junior year of high school and like college. Yeah. Cause as a kid, I didn't, I don't, I can't recall a single Being... real obsession Nothing certainly that's lasted 37 years. Sure. Well, I mean, I had Jonathan Tilson on and I don't even think he ha really had an obsession. Like no, he talks he's not about even a, he's not even a human being. To <laughs> yeah, be honest he's, with not. You. he's not. So that doesn't surprise me that he has no passion. He talks about basketball, but I was just like, I think this is what every straight man enjoys. Yeah. He's over six foot tall. So he, he was forced to play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the one that I think we landed on talking about was board games, which I am actually kind of excited to talk about because it's something that nobody else has mentioned, but I think board games have always been like super popular and there's so many that. Yeah. Yeah. So do, how did you first get into board games as an adult? So it started uh, with uh uh, our friend Andrew Mayer one night was explaining to me in, at the cellar in Cambridge after a show, he was explaining that him and uh, Will Smalley and uh, our other buddy Casey Malone had been playing this Dracula board game. And oh. I went, I don't know, maybe like 15 minutes straight of just, just dunking on how absurd that idea was. Okay. And then, and then like three months later, we were getting ready to go down the Cape for a week uh, for a vacation. And I, I said, I want to get some new games because I'm sick of playing Uno and Scrabble. Yeah. I know that there's these games out there. So I, I texted uh, my friend Casey and I said, hey, what are some cool games that I could pick up? I want to spend like $75. And he gave me a list of games and I got them. And uh, no one else had any interest in them uh, except for me. So it was just me like pressuring my family into playing code names and ticket to ride and them just like going okay i guess yeah uh but then uh so just like in the research of trying to do that first 
initial like purchase, like it's just like one thing just goes after another. And that's kind of how, like whenever I get into a new thing, that's how it goes. I go all in real fast, real hard. Okay. So Uh, was your, is your family, were they not into board games when you brought all of these on the trip or they just don't care or. I think they were like, they're into like, like, yeah, they would be totally fine playing Uno in phase 10 and Scrabble. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? And that like, it's like, they would rather play Monopoly because everybody knows how to play that. Yeah. So at a certain point, it's just like, it's very, uh, it's a hobby board gaming is very, uh, it's kind of intimidating when you look at some of the games that are out there and like, you could be like, everybody just chill for like 30 to 45 minutes and I'll explain the rules and then we're going to have yeah. a great time. And they're just like, no, we're good. We're not. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and listen to you read rules to me for 45 minutes. But if you can get past that hurdle, it is great. It's so fun. And, there are, and there's a ton. There are so many board games. I mean, my brother's really into kind of like weird board games and, um, he was like trying to get his wife on board and she was like, I, there's too many rules. Like she couldn't, she yeah, just didn't want to listen to all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, so the games that I like that I get into are they, there's no dice. Usually there's no okay. like random elements and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's, you have like a series of decisions that you have to make. And yeah. if you fuck up one of those decisions, you're screwed for the rest of the game and you're just trying to play catch up. Yeah. And like, I feel like that's more interesting and more fun to me than like, you know, I keep rolling doubles and ending up in jail and monopoly or whatever it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, I take a chance card and it's, I got to go and I now got to pay $900. It's all, that's all random. I want to, I want to lose because I suck at this, which is usually how it goes. I'm very bad at these games. Also. I want that to be completely clear. I don't want to, you're not, <laughs> you're not good at these games. No, horrible. It's so like who, a running joke with my kids too. So do you usually, pl- so my question is, have you played that game that you made fun of Andrew for playing that Dracula yeah. game? Yeah, of course. What's yeah. that? No. What's it called? Cause that's, sounds- that's called, that's called fury of Dracula. That and is what's the basis of that game. So it's, it takes the story of Dracula and all the supporting characters. There's Dracula. And then there's the people that are trying to hunt him. Okay. So you have a board. It looks like a, it looks kind of like a risk board. It's like a map of Europe. It's all, it's very cool. And the, you know, the production design is really neat. Yeah. And then everybody who's not Dracula has a little piece that's on the board and you travel around from city to city and you're trying to find Dracula. Yeah. Who He's playing his own game on the other side of the board and his movement is all hidden. So you don't uh, know where he is. So okay. it's everybody's working together to try to find this other guy over here. It's kind of like Battleship, but more, but not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because you're trying to find out where he is. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Most of these games you can boil down to, you know, you know, five or six games that you played as a kid. You can boil down like the mechanics from those games Mm -hmm. and, you know, Settlers of Catan and all that stuff. All that stuff is all in Monopoly and it's in, you know, every word game is based on Scrabble. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, they're not. You know, we have the game of life here and it sucks. It's so boring. <laughs> it's it, not fun. It's not fun after a certain age, I don't think. I think if you're like a little kid, it's fun. But I don't know. Once I got into high school, I didn't find that game to be enjoyable. Yeah, it's not. There's no it's not an interesting game. It's just you 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 spin a thing and then you move to that colored space and then, and then you pull a card, you pick a card and then yeah. you, you either get two hundred dollars or you pay two hundred dollars. Like, and you just do that forever because it's the longest map. That, the game of life zigzags, yeah. Until and you then, get to that little retirement circle. 
Yeah. And then, you know, depending on how slow the other people are, you could be sitting in that retirement circle for a half an hour before the game ends. Yeah. That's the other thing is that like something like Monopoly sucks because you could play that for four straight hours you lose and then everybody's going to play it for four more hours and you're just sitting there, sitting there twiddling your thumbs for the games that we play. There's very rarely do you get knocked out. Yeah. And if it is like a game where you get knocked out, it's like the game's about to wrap up in the next five minutes anyway. Yeah. Um, or it's a game that you're going to play like four or five times in a row. Right. So if you lose, you're just sitting there for five minutes and you're waiting for the next game to start. Yeah. So it's like it can be more of a night and it's a more of it's a social activity. It's fun. I should go on record as I have not touched any of the games that I own <laughs> since March. Well, but well. I think but like you play those games with comedians too, right? So if you're not socializing with people, if you're not hosting game nights, I've I've heard that there are game nights. Yeah, I mean, I we haven't done any since March, we've moved, you know, my, my game, my game boys are, it's Andrew Mayer and uh, Will Smalley and Will Smalley's husband. Those are the, 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 we're the four core. And then yeah, people will rotate in and out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we would usually, we would try to get together once or twice a month and, you know, have a night where we just play games. Um, when we were all doing stand up, you know, it depends on, you know, me and Andrew were usually busier than Will, but, you know, all three of us are doing, we're working comics. So, you know, there might be yeah. a Tuesday where it's, you know, uh, you guys want to play? No, I'm doing a show or you try to come by later, but it depends on what you're trying to play. Some yeah. nights you go with like six games and you play all six of them. Oh, Some wow. nights you go with one game and it's that game for four and a half hours. It all Man. depends on the mood of the group. It's a big, scary world. I can't nice, imagine. Nice so you're people. hopping, you're hopping from game to game. You don't just pick one game and stick with it. Well, it depends. I mean, sometimes we play a game that's only 15 minutes long. Oh yeah. Or you'll play a, you know, a party, usually party games and stuff like that go kind of fast. The rounds are fast. So yeah. And it's kind of repetitive. So you'll play that for a little bit and then you switch it up. Yeah. You know, we've had nights where, you know, there'll be eight of us in somebody's apartment and you know, you have, you're restricted kind of with what you can play by how many people you have and how many people the game supports. But, um, you know, the stuff that I'm interested in is usually more like four to five people and it yeah. takes two to three hours to play. Um, have you, uh, ever played the game? I think it's called contagion. Um, no. It's basically like what we're going through in the pandemic or pandemic or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. No, I've played pandemic. <laughs> I think, yeah, that's what it's called. Pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, My brother really got into that and he, I started playing it with him at the beginning of quarantine and I was like, this feels too close to home. Like we have to find something else to play. Yeah. So, so I go, uh, my family, we usually go to my mom's house every Sunday for dinner. That's like a thing that we do. And I usually in the winter months when we're not outside, I'll bring a bag of games. And then, you know, if one of my brothers is there, sometimes we'll play a game. And so at the beginning of this, when we were still going over, I brought pandemic and they were all like, you know, we don't ever want to look at that box. That seems real bad right now. Uh, pandemic is a uh, pandemic's one of the first games that I did get. And I remember down the Cape setting it up and I watched a video online of how to play it. Yeah. So I understood the rules and I explained it to my brother-in-law was there. And my dad was there and, and we, we sat for, you know, that only takes like an hour and we went through it and they really got into it and we were really getting stressful because it's a game where 
we're all working together to try to beat the game. Yes. It's not, it's not one person comes out on top. Um, and then uh, we started playing that with the group and then this, they have, it's called, uh, what the hell's it called? Oh, pandemic legacy. They have three mm-hmm. of them now Yeah, where it's like this, you play 12 games and each time you do it, you might rip up a card or a you might card, add a yeah. sticker to the board and stuff like that. And we did that with, um, before Casey Malone moved to LA, we got, we got about six months in and then we just kind of stopped because the way we play is we like to, we, we get into, we get excited about new games. So if somebody gets a new game, we're just like, yeah, let's play that instead of the thing that we've been playing, even though this game is changing game to game, you know, and at the end of it, it's going to be this, it's unique thing. It's a really cool idea. We just don't play enough to get through all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Well, and the legacy takes time. I mean, like that, but it also makes it more interesting for you to play over and over again, I would think. Yeah, no, I mean, it changes the rules of it. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, if you make a mistake in one month, you might have to deal with that for the rest of the game. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's weird. It's, it's really like a, it's a pretty deep world that I didn't know really existed five years ago when I first like started poking around in it. Yeah. And then, you know, I was talking to, you know, some like my friend Ken Reed and he was like, you should start a board game podcast. And I was like, dude, there's already 300 board game podcasts. Like this is all a whole niche world. That's like just tucked away. Wow. And I was like, you know, and I talked to, I talked to Robert Pooley and, you know, Trace Gatos and I was like, we should do like a board game YouTube thing. And then I started looking on YouTube and I was like, never mind, We're it's so oversaturated ready. at this point. Yeah. Any, any, any thing that invokes any kind of passion in people already yeah. has a following, you know? Yeah. It's got a podcast yeah. and it's got YouTube series and web series and, you know, there's people that have made sketch shows about board games and all at a high level. It's all very entertaining and stuff. And uh, do you follow any of these board game podcasts? Like I used to. Okay. And then what happened is, is all of the, uh, the shelf space that I have available in my house, I filled and oh. I can't really, I can't really. So I just had to cut myself off and go like, I can't, I can't keep diving into the new stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And then in the last, you know, nine months and stuff, it's, it's kind of the same thing as comedy. It's like, I kind of dropped off comedy in 2020 in terms of like watching stand up and listening mm-hmm. to albums and stuff. Cause it just bummed me out because yeah, the thing that I want to do the most and I can't. Yeah. And, I'm surprised you didn't put out your like top. Don't you usually put out a top list of albums? Uh, yeah. I usually do that for music and movies and, and comedy, especially like I usually will have at least, I could tell you, usually at the end of the year, I could tell you the five best specials yeah, um, or albums. And this year I couldn't tell you five specials that came out. Like I just, I didn't watch any of them. I watched, you know, half of Beth Stelling's HBO hour that she put out and it was good, but I just, you know, it's just, I'm not in that mode. It's weird. I cycled out of comedy this year, which is fine. I needed a little break, I suppose, but um, I'll come roaring back. Yeah. I think, I think you're not the only one. I mean, I've had a lot of people tell me to watch a bunch of specials and I think I only got through, I don't know, a couple and they weren't that good. So. Yeah. It's tough too. I mean, a big thing for me would be like, I would talk with people while we're at work about like, if there was a set on Stephen Colbert the night before or Conan the night before and yeah, you'd watch those. And you know, that's, 
I used to really, it used to be like a thing that I used to study. And then since this year, I've slowed way down on that just because I've just, it, it kind of bums me out that we just can't do this. And also the, there's just not that much of it being produced. So so you think everybody's sitting on it. Yeah, but you're you're saying that you also did that with board games too. Like you just st- like you kind of stopped following all that stuff this year basically. Yeah, cuz I mean, so the way that the board game uh world functions and I'm I'm not talking any kind of expert way is that they have these they have these big conventions in there's one in Indiana. Okay. And there's one in Essen, Germany. Okay. And they're these big like board game trade shows basically where, you know, a hundred thousand people will go to each of them and uh, all the new, all the companies will, that's when they announce their new games and they, you know, make all their releases. And it's usually uh, you watch it for days and days. Cause they, it's like Comic-Con for board games where they'll like, they'll release some oh. news on Thursday and you're like, Ooh, do you hear what fantasy flight is putting out? And then sure. the next day you'll go like, Ooh, cool. Many or not's putting out this game. That's pretty cool. Uh, that didn't happen this year. Like I yeah. didn't even, you know, I looked up today, um, to see if I could find like a good list of the best games that came out in 2020. Yeah. And they're just, they're just, nobody is playing it. Nobody's playing board games that way. Cause, uh, well, because you know, it's a social are, aspect. There's a right, social and aspect everybody, board games. You know, and, and I think people in, board game media or are the same as like the people in comedy media where it's like they have a you have a responsibility to be um to try to lead by some sort of example sure in that so it's like if you have a board game podcast and it's just you know it's just five guys that they're all have families and they get together every week and they're board gaming yeah you know that's that's got a little extra level of creep to it as opposed to what it usually has which is usually it's you know, disconcerting that five men are getting together to pretend to be orcs and stuff and <laughs> roll dice and play sure. cards. But um, when you're doing it, when you're not supposed to be in close quarters with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it's, it's happening. I'm sure that they put out games this year. I just don't know what they were. Yeah. And how big is your collection of board games? Cause it sounds like if you've run out of shelf space that you have. Yeah. I think I have. I think I have like 75 different games. Wow. That's like more than I thought you were going to say. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are like small card games and stuff like that. A lot of them are, you know, like little dice game and stuff like that. I used to have, I have a list somewhere on my computer, but, um, you know, they don't, they really don't take up that much space. Right. Um, and I've, I've slowed way down in terms of like, what I do. Cause there was for a little bit there, I was really, I was really into following like the Kickstarter is a big board game thing where people will, okay, you know, pitch games on Kickstarter and then you'll basically pre-order the game. Yeah. Fund it through the Kickstarter. And then, you know, six months later or a year later, the game shows up. Yeah. So I have, I have one game that I think I, I think I kickstarted last summer. That's finally through all the delays of COVID and all that stuff. Um, finally is supposed to be here in the next like month or so. And then who knows how long it's going to be until I actually get that played. But yeah, there was a, there's actually another comedian in the area that I think is like part of a Kickstarter for a, a game. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, John Reinman. Yeah. Um, he's got a, uh, a card game that uh, he put together. Anti-social skills, I think it's called or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, that's not, that's, those games are not, 
my cup of tea. Well, that game feels very similar to a lot of other games that are already out there, like Cards Against Humanity or like Apples to Apples. It kind of feels like it's in that space. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really, I haven't looked into it too much. I, I get, I, I try to stay away from, um, because comedy is like the number one passion. Yeah. Any game that thinks that games that are funny for normal people, I have never, that's just not, it's just not going to make me laugh the way that, you know, like if you, if you're in a dorm room and you have, you know, cards against humanity, you're going to lose your mind because this is the funniest, naughtiest thing you do. Yes. I'm like, (laughs) I played it with my wife's niece, got the base game or whatever for Christmas. And so my, my last, last Christmas in, I don't know, 2019 or whatever, uh, my brother came over and my wife and we played it and we had fun, but it was like, I was just like, this is fun for you guys. Cause you guys get to say naughty words. I have to, I just do this all the time. Yeah. Like this is all day. Every day is I'm on, you know, three different group chats with people trying to, you know, out offend each other with the horrible things that they can say to each other. So yeah. You know, this I, is nice that you guys are joking about farts and stuff and having a, a little silly giggle, but. Well, I think that's, tame. that's common with comedians, though. I think everybody kind of eventually just like loses their. I mean, I, I watch movies that I used to think are funny. I don't laugh at them anymore. It's just. Yeah, that's I mean, Conan O'Brien has a great um, quote. I think it's on there was a PBS documentary called Make Them Laugh. I think he said it on here where. Uh, oh no you know what it was on it was on uh it was on a tr- it was on when greg giraldo died they did a, a tribute special oh. Oh. and uh and conan conan was on there and he was talking about how you know when you do comedy for so long the way you laugh at things is you go that's the funniest thing i've ever seen yeah and you don't you don't laugh i don't go to it's got to be when i go to you know mcgreevy's or something like that somebody's got to be doing something really outrageous to really make me laugh. It's really, it's like the stuff that's like in the moment where I'm like, Ooh, I'm never going to see that again. That's where yeah. I can laugh. Cause I'm like, Ooh, this is spontaneous. Yeah. When people are running their acts and stuff, it's like, these are good jokes. I can appreciate this, but I'm not, I don't laugh yeah. at things anymore. It's kind of sad, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it goes to show like the same thing with the cards. It's like, if somebody puts a Helen Keller card down, everyone else thinks it's the funniest thing. And I'm just like, it, it's yeah, fine. it is. What so it that's is. why, you know, that's why I, I tend to I my interests tend to be <laughs> very like granular, like economic games. Okay. Like you're trying so, to like create like little economies or you're trying to do build engines to do things and stuff like that. So um, I, it's all it's all technical. There's no whimsy yeah. to any of it. So all of the of all the games that you currently own, do you have one specific that's like your go-to favorite board game um i mean i would say the i would say the best game that i have is a game called tricarion okay which is sounds so stupid when you say it out loud and also stupid when you play it but there's this town that is um their main economy is uh performance magic and they have a big theater and they have a market where you buy your tricks and you have an area where you uh, learn tricks and there's different parts of the board and you can you decide where you're going to put everybody. Um, and then the main magician in the town has died and now we're all competing to be the top magician. So you have to 
you have um, people, you have employees that work for you and you have to maintain, manage their salaries. You have to go out and oh, buy wow. materials to create new tricks. You have to go out and learn new tricks to, and then apply the materials to that. Then you have to build the tricks. You have to perform the tricks in the theater. Yeah. You have like 17 things that you have to, to balance. Okay. And also there's limited spots at everywhere that you can go. So if you have four people playing, you have all of your pieces and you're all trying to outmaneuver each other to get to those spots oh. first. So it's, there's, it's, it's um, any game that will let you make interesting decisions nonstop like that. Yeah. I get really excited about because there's different ways. Like I might play it one way this time. Next time yeah. we play it, I'll play it a totally different strategy. Sure. But there's no, there's nothing. I hate nothing more than when you're playing a game and you roll and you roll the dice and you miss the spot by one step. Clue oh, is that way. I think yeah. Clue, like the basis of Clue, like going around and investigating, everybody has a piece of hidden information. Yeah. That's so great. That's wonderful. The rolling the dice so that you have to move from room to room completely sucks. And it it slows the game down. Yeah. So I have I have a couple of games like that that are like, I have this game that I really enjoy called Deception. It's called Deception Murder in Hong Kong. Okay. Where uh, there is somebody uh, each round becomes is you get dealt a role and one person is the killer and one person is the forensic scientist. And then everybody else is like a detective. Ooh, okay. So And then there's rows of evidence and then there's rows of clues. Okay. And the murderer picks what the evidence is and what the clue is going to be. And only one person, the forensic scientist knows that. And then you have to then guide everybody to silently, you guide them with these other pieces that are in the game yeah. to pick those things. And the person that ends up picking them and exposing the murderer wins. But the whole time you're playing, you don't know who among you is the murderer. So somebody is trying to throw everybody off. Uh... But the forensic scientist can't do anything. They have to be silent the whole time. So it's like it's the basis of Clue, except everybody has an interesting role. Somebody is like trying to sabotage it. You don't trust anybody. It's like the the big thing in quarantine is that game Among Us that everybody plays. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like Among Us. Yeah, that's like that's like that's a whole genre of board games. Yeah, which is why I haven't really gotten into Among Us with you know the people that I play board games with. It's because we've played so many hours of you know Werewolf and sure um, stuff like that and these hidden role games that it's like we could do that. But it's more fun when you can like accuse somebody in person and call yeah. them a liar right to their face and everybody gets mad well, at you and stuff like that. What ends up happening is with the people that I've played Among Us with is Janet McNamara usually sends out a very late message for a Zoom link and then you get to see everybody on Zoom and accuse them that way. But it's not the same as doing uh, a game in person. That's definitely true. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I mean to, I have not, I have not done it. I should say I, I've downloaded Among Us. I've learned the rules and all that stuff. Um, I just haven't. I, I am so out of it. Not it can touch be, with everybody. It can be really boring too, though, if you are just like a crewmate the whole time. It can, it can be like utter drudgery where you're just like, okay, this isn't that exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen, and, and you see videos too where it's like if people are good at that game, like they're real good at that game. That's right. the problem with video games um, is for me is that like whenever I play, like, you know, we have, a, we got a Nintendo switch, you know, last year and, yeah. you know, we play it to play Mario Kart and, you know, super Mario brothers and stuff like that with the kids. 
but like I downloaded Fortnite and I was like, I'll see what this Fortnite thing is about. Sure. And then it's like you go on and then it's just like I'm trying to like get control of the figure out what button does what. And I just got shot in the back of the head and I'm dead. Like I'm just. Yeah, like, this isn't this isn't fun for me. This is not my speed. I'm too old for this. Well, there are people that play that professionally that are like 15 years old. I mean, it's I can't I, video games were never my thing. Even when I was a kid, you know, I would rather play. You know, I was into Magic the Gathering for a little bit. We got super into Risk. I was in Boy Scouts when I was a kid, and we used to bring Risk on all of our camping oh, trips. Like, and, okay, that's we interesting. We'd have like five tables of five different Risk games going with all oh, the wow. um, things like that and Monopoly and stuff like that. But, you know, we haven't, I haven't played any of those games as an adult. I think the last, I played Monopoly a couple of years ago, and it's it's just not as fun as these other games. Well, and the thing with Monopoly is they, try to make themselves interesting by releasing these different skews of the game. Like we had star Wars monopoly as a kid, but it's all the same. There's nothing oh, yeah. different about it. You're just no, in you a, just different have a different world. Piece. Yeah. Yeah. My son was into, he, he, he loves Pokemon. So somebody got him Pokemon monopoly. I think my mom got it from for Christmas. Yeah. Was, she was like, she was like, did you guys play that? I was like, he's at the time he was like four. I was like, no, you can't play monopoly with a four-year-old, even if it has, fucking pikachu on it like it's still like it makes no sense yeah yeah you know there's a great uh well all right what (laughs) it is a great bit it just happens to be by louis ck about monopoly and like playing monopoly with his daughter and and how brutal that is but uh, oh i think i've heard this bit a long time ago yeah yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a good bit by a bad person um that's fine you can that we could say that yeah, that's try, fine. I'm very I'm trying to be very cautious about not I haven't about, gotten yeah, that's fine. Nobody's gonna cancel this podcast. That please don't. Get, you know, while that actually was my goal, and I've been paid handsomely today to come on here and try and get this podcast get this canceled. Podcast canceled. I'm just too passionate about board games. Yeah. Um, do you have any games that you own that you regret purchasing that are just like crap, that are just bad games? I don't think so. So that's part of this for me is I probably more than even the people that I play with mm-hmm. when I get into, like when I get into a new thing, I go real hard at it. Okay. And it's also all of my, you know, things that I've been into over the, it, it's a financial investment in these yeah. things. Cause yeah. it's not like some of the games are like, you know, if I'll take a risk sometimes on a $20 game. Okay. But if I'm spending like $50, $60 on a game, I've I've researched this game. I've read reviews. I've read the rule book usually. And I've watched people play it. So I know how it works. And I know that it's going to be something I'm into. Yeah. I, it's, uh, they're not easy to get rid of also. Like if you don't like a game, it's not like something you could just put on Facebook and be like, hey, here's... um. Here's a weird I, game. Yeah. Yeah, I have I it's a game it's about it's called uh I'm trying to think cuz I don't have a game that I really think sucks shit. Uh but you could you uh, it's a game it's about uh, medieval trading and in the spice trade. Yeah. Um it's it's you know really fun. I don't like it at all, but you would probably <laughs> like it. Uh also bucks. it's 60 it's $50. Um, yeah. Which could you do 10? Mm, really? I know I'm already taking a hit on this one, so no, I'm gonna have to be firm at 50. That's true, but it also makes sense because there are a lot of people that I mean, if you're gonna spend 60 bucks on something, you should probably look into it before you just willy nilly buy it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Now, the now the now the trick of it comes 
is I have a game called Great Western Trail, which I think is one of the best games that I own. Like it's just, it's objectively, I think it's just a great game. It's about, it's fucking again, it's insane. It's about cattle trading in the old West and about moving cows along this trail to get to a train to then ship the cows to California or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's excellent. We played it in the group and one one person in the group just doesn't like the game, which is totally fine. I've not liked games that we've played. Yeah. And then it's like, well, I don't know when. Oh, then is it like to... out of the rotation basically? Cause you yeah, don't want to play a game that somebody doesn't like. Yeah. Cause you know, I'll go, you know, we'll go to Will Smalley's apartment and he's got his games and I'll bring, you know, a bag of games and Andrew will have a bag of games and then we'll kind of like, if we haven't decided what we're going to play already, we'll go like, what do you want to play? You want to play this? Nah. Yeah. So um, I just have games where it's like, we've played them once. I will play them again. I'll, you know, um, these are all things that I'll have. And my kids eventually will be able to play with me. Yeah. Um, or I'll force them to play or whatever. Or, but I mean, yeah, I would guess that the majority of the games that you have based on how you've explained them are probably a little bit too above the level for your kids to play with you right now. Yeah. So yeah. we, we have, I have, uh, I've got a couple of games. That's the other thing is that, uh, kid board games, everybody thinks it's like trouble and sorry, sorry. and you know, Candyland and shit like Shoots that. And ladders. Yeah. Get all that shit out of my face. There's a whole world of good kid board games as well. So we have a couple of games where it's like, you know, they're, you're able to make kind of like interesting decisions and, it's not just roll the dice or like pick up a card and move to the orange square. Like they have to do a little bit of like reasoning out and thinking and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then we have a couple of games that we really like. We play as like, you know, like a family, like, you know, my wife is not into this at all, except <laughs> I have a handful of games that she really will. She okay. likes, we have this, we have this game Telestrations, which is, it's basically Pictionary. Okay. But I had bought Pictionary and we played it and my kids loved Pictionary. They thought it was so cool. But the problem with Pictionary is that, you're on teams and if one team is doing good, the other team does nothing for like, you can go like 20 minutes without doing anything. And you're just sitting there watching other people draw and have fun. And you're just waiting for them to screw up and then for them to have a bad time. Sure. So we got this game Telestrations where everybody has a drawing pad and it's basically Pictionary meets telephone and you draw a picture. And then, so you get, you get a word you, and then you draw a picture of that word. Yeah. And then you flip the page and you pass the book along. And then the next person has to look at your picture only. Okay. And try to guess what the word you drew was. Okay. So then they'll write a word. And then the next then, person draws that word. Then, no, then, then you'll draw the picture. You'll draw what you wrote. I think okay. I, I can't remember. We've only played a couple of times. Yeah. But it goes around like that. Interesting. And there's no winner or loser, but at the end you flip through your book. So my son had, he had, he's seven. He drew imaginary friend. He drew a guy like standing like a stick figure with his arm out. And he okay. was like, basically putting his arm around a question mark. Yeah. But the question mark was next to the guy's butt. So <laughs> his word, his word was imaginary friend. And as soon as you know what that word is, the picture he drew, I was like, that's perfect. That's exactly what that you makes drew. Sense. Yeah. But I can't look at the word. So I drew, I wrote who farted. <laughs> and I, then I passed it along. And then you know, as people are drawing it, then it's just like, you know, big butt cheeks with like a cloud of gas coming out of it. And my son got the book back and he was flipping through it like and he was going to throw up. He was laughing so hard because so he didn't funny. have any. He was like, how did we get to 
this picture it's clearly this is an imaginary friend and as soon as we were like yeah, yeah that screwed, is that's yeah. that's on me buddy that was that's on dad dad screwed that one up that sounds like a fun game though it's a fun game games yeah. are fun yeah it's a fun nice time yeah will martin used to do a show in at that, beverly yeah at that game board cafe and for some reason because i live on the south shore and beverly is on the north shore it's just like Beverly is like, takes me sometimes, you know, an hour and a half to get there. It's just so far away. Yeah. So I never did it until he was, he was planning on the show was coming to an end. Yeah. And he goes, do you want to do this? And I go, yeah, but here's the deal. I'll only do this if afterwards everybody will play a game. Oh, all the comedians, all the comedians. I wouldn't let anybody leave. Okay. I was, I messaged everybody in the group when they sent out that stupid Facebook message on 30 people and everybody responds. I said, Here's the deal. I'm coming and we're all playing a game afterwards. I don't know what game, but we're going to find a game there. Yeah. They had a copy of a game called Secret Hitler, which Wait, is Secret Hitler? Yeah, it's Secret Hitler. Somebody is the Hitler and then everybody's trying to find out. Okay. You play it in a group of like eight people and then there's three fascists and then everybody else are the liberals. Oh, and wow. You're trying to you're trying to uh, everybody's accusing each other of being a Nazi, basically. Okay. And you're trying to find the real Nazis and and accuse them, and then it's 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 very fun. It plays very fast. It's another one of these hidden roles. Everybody has a secret identity that you don't reveal, right? Um, and then you have two people that are trying to protect the secret Hitler, and then this. So we got it, and it ended up it was like it was me. I think Katie K was there. Will Martin. There were like ended up being like ten people. Yeah. And I, you know, we explained it and we played it and we played it for like an hour after the show. So the show ends at like nine 30 and we're sitting there at 11 o'clock. And I was just like, guys, I got that hour and a half drive home. This is very fun, like, but I gotta go. I gotta yeah. go. I'm sorry that I wasted all of your time, but you all had a nice time, right? Board games are fun because otherwise they're just sitting there in this board game cafe where there's just this wall. There's, you know, probably like $50,000 worth of board games in here that nobody appreciates, but me. Yeah. And as I was doing my set, I was just so distracted. But I was like, I've always wanted to play that game. I think I will look at the rules on that one after we're done with my show. Yeah. But I do think that people have like short attention spans to pay attention to uh, rules. And then they just decide not to like try a new game. They just like go back to Monopoly or something like that. Yeah, which is totally fine. Also, that I mean, that the teaching of the rules is brutal. It's boring and it's long and nobody likes it and sometimes you get somebody who just is like frankly stupid and you can explain it to them a million times and they still don't get it i had to explain scrabble to somebody once and it was like pulling teeth i was like let's just not do this like it's scrabble it's easy i don't know how i have to explain this to somebody yeah scrabble is like the one exception that i think gets i i can make like I, I would rather play anything than Monopoly. Like there's other games that are in that style, like that are just more fun and more interactive and don't take as long. Monopoly yeah. is one that just goes on forever. Too long. Yeah. Um, Scrabble, like there's other word games, but none of them are as good as Scrabble. Scrabble's still the best. Oh yeah. Scrabble stands up comparatively to, I don't know, like Bananagrams or whatever the other word games are, but yeah, there's a lot of them. I have, you know, different ones that do different things, but like, it's all based on Scrabble and none of them are as clean and as sleek as Scrabble. Scrabble's so simple. Yeah. Um, and then it's just a question of, you know, how good you are at spelling words. 
Yeah. I, my problem is my family plays Scrabble quite a bit. And my family's problem is, is there's a lot of contention because my dad usually wins and it's like a, it's like it, things get heated with board games. Yeah. I think that's, we, we kind of avoid that because we all have um, like, so when we play, it's, I, I go in, I know that I'm never, I never win. I'm bad at games. Like I've just, I make the wrong move and then I can see why I made the wrong move and then you see how it spirals out. But yeah, um, I don't care who wins. Smalley doesn't care who wins. Andrew definitely cares who wins, but he's usually the one that wins. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. And that's like, that's the beauty of it is that you are playing a game and winning is good. Everybody it's like a social thing. Yeah, but I also can just like I get the enjoyment out of the actual doing of it and the playing of the game. Yeah. Whether I do well or not doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, they're just fun. They're fun. Kathleen, they're fun. I implore you to throw all your horse shit out. Go <laughs> dump it in the ocean. I'm mad at horse and my daughter broke her arm the other day. She oh, fell off a horse. She so fell off a horse? Punch that motherfucker right in the head. Oh, is she in a cast? Yeah, she broke her. She broke two bones in her wrist. Oh man. She fell right off that damn horse. You know, I I've broken several bones, so I'll tell you one thing that it's never happened. I've never broken a bone playing terraforming Mars. You've never, never you've never, never broken your a, neck playing that game? Did you break your neck off on a horse? Yeah, in college. Dude, you can't tell me these things. <laughs> my daughter's seven. I'm gonna go in and yell at my wife in a second that we can't do horseback riding anymore because one time <laughs> this girl that I know broke her neck. What are you insane? I broke my neck and then I got back on the horse. Yeah, you, no, you got to go to the hospital. I went to the hospital three days later. How do you not know that you broke your neck in the moment? Because you'll find out that horse horse people tend to be really stubborn. Thank it's you like, for thank you for for ungendering your your terminology and being inclusive. That's very very progressive of you to switch horse. You'll learn that horse girl uh, horse, horse people. people. Well, there's some horse men and boys, but it's, you know, mostly women. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's um, she loves it. My wife uh, it takes her. I can't. I I don't get it at all. I had to bring her one time, and uh, what's the what do you tack up the horse? Is that yep, what it's called? You gotta tack up the horse. So you know, I took my daughter. She she was she started when she was like three, and I brought her once. And I was like, we just got to text the lady. I told my wife, I was like, just text her. Cause I, I don't, I'm not getting a horse pick. I'm not crawling under a horse. I'm not brushing a horse. I just don't know how to do any of that stuff. And I don't have any interest in learning. Yeah. It's well, a, it's very nerve wracking. I don't at like that it. age. They should be helping them anyway, for the most part. Well, I mean, she, they've been going for well, they usually do, but my wife knows how to do all that. Cause she rode horses when she uh... was little. So. Okay. You know, it's usually it's one of these things where it's like they would show up 15 minutes early, do all that boring stuff. Then they yep. would have a full hour to ride. Yep. As I was like, I was like, we're getting there on the hour. And if the lady can help us do all that stuff, that's great. Otherwise, I don't. Yeah. I don't know that's what fair. I had with it. Where's this? What's the saddle? Where does that go? <laughs> I don't know. At least, you know, some of the terminology. I that's mean, right. yeah, I know saddle and horse. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. You got halfway to Hoofpick. You were halfway there.
Oh yeah. What did I say? Foot pick? I don't know. Something like that. Anyway. Well, um, I think it's time to wrap up. I feel like I've learned a lot about board games. Actually, what would be your recommendation for a first time board game person? Like what's a good investment? Yeah. Just if get ticket to ride, ticket to ride is like, it's super, super simple. Okay. Uh, you, you collect cards and then you put trains on, you get, you get a bag of little trains, you get little plastic pieces, you get to put them, you get to make lines on the board. Okay. Uh, it's super easy to explain, super easy to play. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you get to, you'll, you'll start making, you make like, you're making competitive decisions the whole time. So you're not just sitting there waiting to be like, Oh, I guess I'll just wait. My, you're just, you're going, I need that and that. And, you, yeah. you get into that game real fast. It's a real simple teach. And if you like that game, then you'll like all games. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's good to know. I'll have to check it out myself. Well, Sean, it's been great having you on the podcast. Um, I, I'm glad I got you to, to do this because it sounds like you're not really doing much, but I'm sure you'll be back doing comedy soon. And where can uh, my, our listeners find you? Oh, uh, you can listen to, I have a podcast I do with Bill McMorrow, uh, called two boys in a balcony where we watch movies that take place in new England. And other than that, that's it. I'm, I'm Mr. Sean Sullivan on all the social media, but I don't, I don't do any of that stuff either. So I'm very bad at, uh, everything, but the standing on stage and telling jokes. And even that is debatable whether I'm good at that, but, uh, that's the only part I enjoy, I should say. So that's the only part I do. All right. That makes sense. Well, you guys have been listening to The Gimme. As I say, every week you can find us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you found us. Um, Don't forget to rate and review, and we will see you again next week.